0: Kobe Brown is staying in the NBA draft, and while Connor Vanover is certainly not a Kobe Brown replacement, he just might be potentially the size Mizzou needs. Let's talk about this and Eli Drinkwitz. Controversial comments and more right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first lesson. Every day we are free and available wherever you get a podcast and now on the Sirius XM app as well, part of the Locked on Podcast Network your team every day. And I got to say, if you've been a listener of this program or really just following the Missouri beat at all the last few weeks, it shouldn't come as a huge surprise that Kobe Brown officially announced yesterday that he is going to remain in the NBA draft. And yes, Kobe played four years at Mizzou. So no, he does not owe Missouri, anything at this point? Sure, if I want to be selfish as a Missouri fan and say, "Boy, it sure would have been nice if he would have gotten us a fifth year in college here because of the COVID nineteen free season that everybody got during that one particular year." But realistically, that was about the only way that that was going to happen, including not only the 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 reality of a fifth year, obviously a very unusual circumstance. But the bottom line is, without name, image, and likeness, the idea that you can pay college players now, for all intents and purposes, to stay in school hundreds of thousands of dollars, perhaps even over seven figures at times. You may have noticed yesterday that Josiah Jordan James, the Tennessee player who's been around for several years, well, probably been around a lot longer than, a, than many people thought. I think name, image, and likeness has a big part of that. But at the same time, I think Kobe Brown actually has better NBA prospects than Josiah Jordan James, a guy who a couple years ago that wouldn't have been on anybody's radar. He was considered a guy who was a potential lottery pick. And Kobe Brown, well, he was just a nice college basketball player. And for all what I, what I've been seeing you know, around the internet, it's understandable. People are now discussing just how good Kobe Brown was. Where does he fit in terms of Missouri basketball history? Where does he rank? Well, in my opinion, while that's all well and good, I'll certainly... Try to look at that down the down the line here. I, I think sometimes as fans, when we just try to compare every single person and put them in some kind of totem pole or whatever, it misses the point a little bit. And while all-time, I don't know where I would have Kobe. I certainly wouldn't have him on the top 10 or 15 all-time at Missouri or anything like that. I will say for just one single season at Missouri this past year, Boy, it was pretty darn good, wasn't it? And at that time, at one time, I should say, this past December, I really thought that Kobe Brown had his signature moment against Illinois, against the Illini, when he knocked down a bunch of three pointers, was just had had fire, was shooting off his backside. He was that hot. Tigers win an easy one in bragging rights to the point where the crowd is chanting Kobe. Kobe, Kobe, while he's at the free throw line. And at the time, again, I was just really happy for Kobe Brown that he really had his signature moment. And indeed, while that may have been his signature moment of the season, it really wasn't just one moment. Of course, Kobe and Missouri would go on to smash Kentucky and smash a whole lot of other teams in the SEC on the way to the NCAA tournament in a second round appearance. Really, when you think about Brown, who has had a similar skill set to his? Who has been able to shoot the ball, especially for his senior year, at the clip that he did at his size with the ability to bully guys in the paint and the ability to handle the ball? I think that, as much as anything, for as much as people talked about Kobe's ability to shoot the three-pointer this year, something that really came on strong this year, no doubt about it. I'm just not sure anybody could have seen that type of season coming. But I think his ball handling is really sort of his underrated trade and the secret sauce maybe with Kobe's offensive game because while he's obviously not the most explosive guy in terms of vertical leap in the entire conference, what sets him apart is he's able to not only, again, knock down shots, but put it on the floor and do something with it as well. I just can't think of a lot of similar guys in Missouri history that are like that. The bottom line with Kobe Brown is, to me, this is clearly the right decision for him to make. This is the moment for him to go pro, because if he would have, say, turned pro after last season, I just don't think with what did he shoot last season, 29%, 28% from the three-point line, something like that. The bottom line is whether you like it or not, in today's NBA and really just today's style of basketball in general if you're not a true center, a seven-foot type guy, well, you probably better be able to shoot a three-pointer. That's just the way most styles, most teams want to play basketball, certainly including Dennis Gates these days. So Kobe didn't really have a shot after last season, and he really ca- I think he can really cash in after having a big senior season showing off of his, his variety of skills. And I, I just don't think that there was a lot of upside in terms of his future of basketball for waiting around to, to play pro basketball. Again, I can see the temptation to say, hey, one more year at Missouri, we could really have a good team if I come back. And obviously with NIL, I can make some money on the side, but I can just remember from my Missouri experience by the time I was a senior I, I was frankly ready to to move on with life and, and be an adult and that's nothing against college or going to Missouri or anything like that but right? by the time you're 22 23 years old you know at a certain point you just want to be a man now right you're tired of of people telling you what to do whether it's professors and this that and the other obviously in the NBA you're gonna have plenty of people telling you what to do there as well but In terms of just moving on, buying a house, you know, moving on with your life, maybe having a live in girlfriend, getting married, having some kids, that type of stuff, actually getting your career started, most importantly, instead of being in preparatory mode, which is what college really is. Whether you're trying to be a professional accountant or a professional basketball player, it's really kind of the same thing. And I think when you're in the stage that Kobe Brown is in, at least from my experience, By now, you're probably ready to just move on to the next thing. Your entire life has revolved around school. Believe me, eventually school gets old. And coming up, you know it must be the off-season because this is the time of year where each and every quote must be mined for controversy and impressions on Twitter. Well, Eli Drinkwitz found himself in, I guess, some hot water yesterday, I suppose, with A bunch of people who have really short attention spans, apparently. So let's talk about Eli Drinkwitz' latest words that may have gotten him, I I suppose, in a bit of trouble. I think this is all very silly, and frankly, Eli Drinkwitz was right. So let's talk about that, but first, hey, we got to stroll into the NBA playoffs tonight with FanDuel, because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,000. $2,500 Five hundred dollars yes that's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win my goodness well they are really stepping their bonuses up a notch over at FanDuel and interestingly enough the Nuggets nine point favorites here in game one at home in Denver. By the way, a little prop here on the side. If you just want to bet on the Nuggets to win and Michael Porter Jr. to score at least fifteen points, well, that's plus one oh eight. So just a little bit over even money for you. But no matter what you're into, there's no better place to bet on all the NBA finals action than America's number one sports book. So visit fanduel.com slash Locked On, and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. Again, that's Fanduel.com slash Locked On. Fanduel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks for making Locked On, Mizzou, your first listen every day. And to all you everydayers out there, tomorrow, not going to lie, I'm going to try really hard to get a show out, but we've got For my co-motion dance studio, well, I should say my wife and sister-in-law's studio, got rehearsal for recital on Saturday, rehearsal on Friday, a lot going on. I'm kind of the go-to guy for all of the things that fall through the cracks, so that is going to have to take precedent tomorrow for sure, but don't worry, plenty of locked-on content for you coming up today, including, well, Eli Drinkwitz, the guy likes to talk. And as somebody who likes to talk as well and spends plenty of time in front of a microphone, I do know this. If you spend enough time in front of a microphone saying words, well, eventually somebody's going to take those words and either get offended by them, take them out of context, or perhaps all of the above. And, And really the thing, one of the media things that I really am starting to detest lately this isn't just in sports media but of course throughout the current events and news landscape is when a headline is clearly misleading in a way that is actually technically factually accurate but really in no way truthful whatsoever and i think that's what eli drinkwitz found himself in yesterday for those of you who don't know i'm not even going to bother reading the entire thing here it's kind of a long it's a long deal, and frankly, I don't want to bore my audience with a long quote. But basically, Eli Drinkwitz made a comparison. Was asked about sports betting. In fact, the legality of that now, and Drinkwitz sort of made a connection between that name, image, and likeness, saying like, "Well, these guys are getting a lot of money. We may want to help them out in in terms of of trying to manage that money and and different types of things like that. And just if you ignore the fact that. There's a lot of money being thrown around. Well, gambling can sort of factor in, too. And at one point, he said, well, basically, you know, my brother-in-law saves lives. He works in the medical industry. And, you know, these guys are getting even more money than that. And that part is what people ran with. That's what the news media seemed to run with. And... You know, again, technically, yes, in a court of law, nobody could say, well, that was libel or something like that or slanderous because, yes, those were words that Eli Drinkwitz said. And quite frankly, if he had it back, I bet he wouldn't have used that particular comparison. But again, when you're speaking off the cuff and you're trying to, I don't know, be interesting on occasion, I like the fact that Eli Drinkwitz actually likes to make some interesting comments on occasion instead of being, you know, Bill Belichick and just being intentionally insufferably boring, which would you rather have? I don't want to be a hypocrite here and act like I don't want Eli Drinkwitz to talk and be funny and make interesting comments on occasion. I do think maybe with with hindsight, he would have probably have what that particular comment back because it ended up completely distracting from the point that he was trying to make. On the other hand, though, for people like Ross Dellinger and other journalists, you know, for them to just take that and run with it, I thought that was fairly fairly dishonest in a lot of ways, again, factually accurate again, a court of law, yes, you would win on a technicality, no doubt about that, but considering you're leaving out the full context here of Eli Drinkwitz being out in front of saying hey i'm I love the progressive laws." of Missouri here that allow even high school recruits to start cashing in on their name image and likeness. And in fact, why wouldn't he be for that? That actually gives him possibly an advantage on the recruiting trail. So overall, I I just think the idea that Drinkwitz is saying, hey, maybe there should be some type of oversight or a little bit more rules to this name, image, and likeness thing. That's not him saying, I don't want guys getting paid. But that's, of course, was basically taken by everybody who didn't actually read the full quote and run with it. Again, maybe I'm part of the problem here because I'm not sharing the full quote here or reading it for you either, at least on the air. I I did read and see all of the full comments, and, and I'm just trying to make an overall point here that, again, when people make headlines, and I see this throughout media, whether it's Sports media, news media, even even professional wrestling media. Yes, the dirt cheats, ladies and gentlemen. They do this kind of stuff all the time. They'll take one comment that somebody made in a two and a half hour podcast, and of course, that person have maybe gone on for twenty minutes or fifteen minutes on that one particular point. But there's just that one little clickable headline there makes. And I'm fine with digestible, you know. Brevity is the soul of wit. I understand all that part, but at the very least, if you're going to put out a snippet, it it needs to at least reflect the point that the person is trying to say instead of, you know, a point that you think is going to get clicks. That's the point that bothers me. To me, clickbait is something that isn't true. It doesn't mean it's an inflammatory headline or a shocking headline, an interesting headline, but if it's out of the context of what the person is trying to say, well, you may be factually accurate, but really you're being untruthful. And coming up, I noticed some people online were very dismissive of Connor Vanover when it was reported that Vanover was in Columbia visiting with the Tigers this week. Well, Vanover, the former Arkansas Razorback, actually had his best season of his career last year with Oral Roberts. So let's talk about the 7'5 center and how he may fit with Dennis Gates' roster after these quick words. And some more news from college basketball. Former North Carolina guard St. Louis resident Caleb Love, well, he is now off to Arizona transferring originally to Michigan, didn't qualify at Michigan, now off to Arizona. Bit of an embarrassment there for the Wolverines and now hopefully this whole dinner argument can be put to bed forever. I've been ready to stop I've been ready to stop talking about it for a while now, but the Missouri beat, hopefully they're with me now. But obviously if you're a Missouri fan, now your attention is going to turn back to the pursuit of a big guy, especially with Kobe Brown officially in the NBA draft. Though I think that's been a pretty safe assumption for I don't know, at least a month or so at this point. But there was word that broke yesterday. A bunch of sources confirmed that Connor Vanover, the seven foot five former Arkansas Razorback Center, was in Columbia yesterday. And I, I just saw the reaction to that being pretty dismissive by a lot of Missouri fans, basically saying that Connor Vanover just isn't a very good basketball player. And, and at first glance, I can understand their skepticism. I really can because... Connor's last season at Arkansas in 2022, well, that was the least amount of minutes he's played in his college basketball career. How much that is to do had to do with injury? I'm not sure at the time. I don't have a great recollection of that. My memory is just that Vanover, who originally came with Mike Anderson, well, he wasn't much of, he just fell out of favor with Eric Musselman. Let's put it that way, their new coach. But if you actually look at what Vanover did this past season at Oral Roberts, by the way, a team that made the NCAA tournament, well, he had his best season ever as a fourth-year player. He had his best offensive season while taking by far the most shots he's taken in his career, by the way, including two-pointers and three-pointers as well. He only shot a little under 33%. But shooting 135 attempts, that's actually more than what Kobe Brown took last season. And if you're saying, oh great, a big seven foot guy who stands out by the three point line, I totally get it. I really do. But statistically, again, he's fairly effective around the basket, good shot blocker, good rebounder. Again, this is all statistically, and you could maybe poke some holes. Hey, he didn't do as well against tier A competition, the better the better teams in college basketball, and a smaller sample size last season. Well, it definitely wasn't Vanover's best basketball. No question about that. But here's the the part that I think people are missing. I totally understand the skepticism around Vanover because there are certainly going to be matchups where he can't stay on the floor whatsoever, where there are just going to be guys. Like, for instance, if he had to guard Kobe Brown out on the perimeter – that probably wouldn't go very well for him. And there's going to be certain matchups like that a lot of times, in fact, next year where a team that Missouri is playing doesn't have a true center on the court, and defensively he's actually going to be a bit of a minus chasing guys around on the perimeter. But it's my contention that that's okay. It's okay for Connor Vanover to be a role player. I think whoever Missouri ends up getting as a big guy, as a center, and I do think they'll still get one more guy in the transfer portal who has size. I just think it's important that that person can can rebound and, and control the paint against certain matchups. Because again, at times Missouri is going to play, you know, Noah Carter at center or Aiden Shaw as your de facto center, and not really play with the center. By the way, is what I'm trying to say. They're going to play five out, try to try to outscore you, and worry about. You know, have that be a trade off, essentially. Like, we think we can outscore you on this end and give up a little bit less on the other end. That trade off is actually worth it. But again, there are going to be matchups where you're going to be, that trade off's not going to be worth it because you're going to get punished too hard on the offensive glass and you're going to give up too many shots in the paint. Well, again, that's where Vanover comes in. He doesn't have to be a guy who plays 25 minutes a night. In fact, if he comes in, I'm going to guarantee you right now, Connor Vanover will not average 25 minutes a game for Missouri. Dennis Gates is not going to ask him to do that. That's putting too much pressure on him. That's not the type of player he is, and that's not necessarily the type of offense or defense that Missouri wants to play. However, having said all that, it is encouraging that Vanover, again, while he's just a 32% three-point shooter, for his career, the fact that he's always been a solid free-throw shooter, the fact that he did put up a career high in attempts last season tells me that maybe Dennis Gates sees something in a guy who would be a fifth-year graduate transfer. Maybe he thinks he can help him knock down even more shots, sort of like, well, Kobe Brown did. Guess what? Demoy Hodge shot a career high last season for the Tigers. A lot of guys shot the basketball really well for Missouri Part of that's coaching, part of it's spacing, all kinds of stuff. But the point is, I think I'm a little bit more optimistic on Connor Vanover than I saw the overreaction, in my opinion. Understand the skepticism, but again, you're just looking for a bit player here. You're not asking for a guy to anchor the middle for 25, 30 minutes a night. I just don't think that's realistic, and I don't think that's the type of basketball that Dennis Gates really wants to play. So once again, thanks for listening to Locked on Mizzou and making it your first listen today and for you dayers. Apologies in the future if I'm not able to get out a show tomorrow. Got a lot happening this weekend. Rehearsal, recital. Yes, I am in the world of the girls. I can't help it. It's where I am. So I got to be available to help them at all times. Help them achieve their dreams. feel like that's got to be. It's got to take number one over my silly dreams right now so thank you very much for joining me and being patient i'll be back with you soon right here on locked on mizzou